and welcome to the One Degree Shift podcast. I'm your host, Eric Termundi, and I'm excited to introduce you to the wonderful guests I've got on season two and the little things they're doing to create a more intentional future for themselves, for their teams, and for the communities around them. I hope you enjoy. Kelsey Boyer, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited for our conversation today. Uh, and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the work that you're doing and the impact that you're making. So before awesome. guests hear it from me, how about they hear it from you? Yeah. So yes, my name is Kelsey Boyer. I am a leadership coach. My, I'm completely dedicated to lifting the potential of women and creating more female leaders in the world, which inspired the creation of my most recent program, Women's Leadership Accelerator. Prior to that, I was working as a partner at an AI recruitment startup, helping to grow the organization from the ground up. Decided it was time to make a change and get in more into more alignment with my purpose. And here I am. First of all, congratulations. Second, there are a lot of ways that we can take this from the process that you've taken to build what you've built. Or, and I think the the direction that I want to take the conversation today is to learn more about the accelerator. Now, the first question that I've got is what's the biggest barrier when it comes to leadership development right now with the people that you're working with? So I would say the biggest barrier so far has been lack of confidence and overcoming that imposter syndrome. Those are, those are the two main things. And then also just overall accountability to not only achieving goals, but just continuing to move forward. I think those are those are the major points that I see for sure. Tell me a little bit about imposter syndrome. I mean, I've heard the term before. I, I, I've felt it many times before, yeah. but can you tell me a little bit about imposter syndrome in your words, where it comes from, and ultimately what we might be able to do to get over it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and definitely something that I struggled with early in my career because I was always a lot younger. And I think just thinking that what you have to say isn't valuable because of your age, sometimes imposter syndrome shows up. And is that the way it showed up for you or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the start, I thought that my age was my weakness. I started to realize that age might be a a strength and it took a a few years to to realize that. Is that what you're seeing in in a lot of the the women, especially that you're working with? Not necessarily age related, but where, where might the source of that come from? Yeah, it could be age or experience. I mean, a lot of the times they're working in industries or organizations where their higher ups or even people at their level have more, let's say, 20 to 30 years of experience and have stayed at the whole company their whole lives. It's sometimes showing up. I mean, again, even for myself, it showed up in the fact that not only was I young, but I also look young. (laughs) So that was something I overcome, overcame earlier on. So yeah, I definitely think it's a combination. Tell me about the people who are coming to the accelerator. Where where Mm -hmm. are they coming from and, and what ultimately are they looking to learn? So... I would say that the my program works best for either aspiring female leaders who may not be in a leadership position yet or newer slash current female leaders. And that's what I've been working with over the past year since or even a little bit less than a year since the program officially launched. And yeah, some are a couple years. I mean, some are, are in sales environments. And sometimes when you're in a sales environment, you're promoted to management, but not actually taught how to be a leader. You're promoted to management because you hit your KPIs and you did well with the metrics. So I do see a lot of women in sales or recruitment industries. And I think a lot of it has to do with my background 
even because I worked in the technology sector, I get a lot of women either looking to break the barrier and move into a leadership role or, or very new to a technical leadership position. It really has been a combination. And then some are not leaders at work yet, but just looking to step into that leadership and, and uncover that potential and understand right. what that lies so they can eventually move into that. What do, what do most people get wrong about leadership? Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of directions. Uh, I think that there's, I feel like you and I probably have a similar view of leadership and, and it's a little more modern. And I think that there, there's a lot of misconceptions around that we have to continue following what has always worked. When at, the, when at the end of the day, we need to continue adapting and evolving for the organization. And with that then, tell me about the adaption and the adoption. I mean, mm -hmm. the whole essence of the One Degree Shift, Shift podcast and everything that we talk about is to make incremental change. It's to pivot, it's to tweak, it's to learn, it's to grow, it's to develop. What might some of those One Degree Shifts with respect to leadership look and feel like? And how might we practice and develop these leadership muscles? I think the biggest thing that I always start with with my clients is is getting to know themselves but then after that so actually yeah, i will start with self-awareness i think self-awareness is the most integral part of leadership and understanding why you are the way that you are and and how you react to things and manage and learning just how to manage your energy and everything along those lines i think self-awareness is the the first integral step and then on top of that is is acceptance and and putting things into action and and being able to make those shifts and then on top of that a big component of leadership that i focus on is communication so i a while ago i read the book called nonviolent communication and i it, i feel like it has completely changed my leadership and my coaching across the board and even before that communication was something that i always touched on so now i just integrate that into my communication practices which is actually something that i see a lot of leaders struggling with. Okay, tell me a little bit more about what you've learned from, from this book and, and how you're applying it in your teaching and your communication. Yeah, so nonviolent communication is completely focused on communicating with compassion and how, and the author talks about how we have come so far away from communicating in that compassionate state and communicating from our heart. And we are emotionally reactive to a lot of situations. And so, he breaks down the strategy of how we can get back into doing this. And the four steps to doing this are observing, feeling, needing, and requesting. And so each of those, I can dive in deeper if you'd Please like. Please do. This is, the, this, is the, this, is what we're, this is what we're getting to. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So I'll start with observing. So a lot of the times when... When people make observations, it's with evaluation. So an example of this is my son doesn't brush his teeth very often. The word mm -hmm. often implies an evaluation. So instead, like just sticking straight to the facts. And so if you are communicating an observation based on something that happened at work, it's just stating the facts without, in, without implying any of that evaluation or that internal judgment from your end. Makes total sense. So in terms of feelings, communicating how it made you feel, which also is, is leading into the needing part because a lot of the times when we are responding to situations and it also talks about like overall how we respond to anger and, and, how we, like, and how we express our anger. And a lot of the times we think that people are the cause of our anger when re in reality, 
they're the stimulus. And so mm. when we're reacting and responding in that negative way, it, the reason we are expressing that anger is typically because of an unmet need within ourselves. So that's where the expressing how a situation is making us feel and communicating our needs comes into play. And then finalizing it with whatever it is, any sort of request. So would you be open to revisiting this conversation? Would you feel, what, whatever it is. So getting their permission to revisit the conversation. Interesting. Really Very cool. And one of the themes that I'm starting to see develop uh, through this conversation, this idea of introspection and self-awareness, you mentioned it at the start. And it, se- it seems to me that in order to do these, these four sort of steps, yeah. You have to have an acute sense of self-awareness along the way. Yes. What, what are the things that we can do to be more self-aware, uh, to figure out who we are so that we can make these steps and, and progress along this timeline? Yeah. So there, there are a, a lot of different steps that I take with my clients, but I think the most important first step is to get really quiet and actually give yourself that time to reflect and be with yourself and get in touch with your intuition. Because a lot of the times when, when we're making a challenging decision or setting goals, the, the noise of other people's opinions are getting into our head. And sometimes we don't follow our intuition because we think it's not the right thing to do. So I think that's the most important first step and typically what my, I get my clients to do. And also I get them to go real deep. I mean, we talk about emotions and getting in touch with understanding what your, what your triggers are and why you react to these things and diving into also just understanding that a lot of the, how we operate is be, is because of, I talk about survival patterns a lot in my coaching and what's a, what's a survival pattern. So our survival patterns are, so one of the reasons why we press snooze on life. And so survival patterns are, we develop them from a young age because we have been conditioned to obey authority and everything along those lines in school. We're always being conditioned to obey authority and kind of everything within that realm. And then this, this definitely is helpful. And sometimes even our survival patterns, even before being conditioned to obey authority, if a certain situation happened to us, and then we respond to it as a child, we carry those survival patterns with us mm. for the rest of our lives. So mm. however we responded to that situation, however many years ago is typically how we're still responding to that. So I think trying to understand where that comes from, specifically what those are as limiting beliefs and understanding. So a limiting belief are, are those beliefs that are developed in your childhood again, based on a scenario that you have gone through. So the example that I like to bring up is maybe it was something with one of your parents, they weren't listening to you. And then you, you all of a sudden for the rest of your life, carry this belief with you that you are annoying and not worthy of being listened to, let's say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so just diving into that and understanding what those limiting beliefs might be and, and figuring out how you can, can shift the story and then manifest that. Do you have any tips or tricks on how we might be able to work through these limiting beliefs or these survival patterns? Or are, are, are these patterns intended to be broken and disrupted? And, and if yes, which I kind of suspect the answer might be, what yes. are some of the original steps that we can take to do that? The first step is just understanding and understanding what those survival patterns really are and doing that deep work and reflection on yourself and 
And then for, for the limiting beliefs, again, it's really just thinking, thinking back to the past and, and thinking about any negative beliefs that you may have about yourself. And then thinking is, is this for the first time or has this happened before? Right. <laughs> and, and does understanding and, and becoming aware of self, yeah. does this start with being quiet then? It, you know, and, and look, I mean, I'm totally subscribed to this idea yeah. of, of being quiet. My partner is a night owl uh, and that's mm-hmm. when she gets to be quiet. I'm very yeah. much a, a morning person. So, yeah. you know, she's got two hours at the end of the day, typically to herself. I've got two hours at the start of the day to, to myself you know, yeah. it's not a TV watching time. Usually it's a, a go for yeah. a run and, and just like hang out. Let's, let's not call it like an intentional meditative time, but it's a quiet yeah. time. You know, it's, it's a exactly. void time. Is, is there a prescription for how long that should be? Should it be like a, a week long silent retreat? Uh, is it uh, 10 minutes meditating uh, every day? Or is it something that's more individual and unique to the person that's experiencing it? And because I suspect that's the answer, how do we find uh, that quiet time that works best for us, especially when we're dealing with a pandemic, things perhaps have never been busier than they are. And we yeah. can find a quiet minute, even if we looked, you know, flipped under every, every rock and seat cushion to find it. <laughs> Such a good question. So yeah, I mean, I, it, it definitely depends on, on the individual. But what I prescribe to my clients in our first week of working together is honestly waking up earlier even if you're not a morning person, I always subscribe a morning routine and a very simple morning routine of a five minute meditation, reading their intention, which we come up with together using the prompts of my intention is to why now, why me, who's waiting for my action. Okay, hold on, because this is money stuff. Walk yeah. me through that, those four things again, because I think this yeah. is a massive takeaway for our listeners. Definitely. So at the end of the first session with my clients, I have them set an intention and send them a song to listen to so they can just get in the zone. And Mm -hmm. I always tell them to make sure to write it down, not type it on the computer because it will resonate more. And so the intention, and it's funny because we're so used to having instructions and asking for direction. I usually get asked, well, what is this intention about? Is it about my career? Is it about my life? And I'm like, whatever you want it to be. Just leave it at that. Sure. Okay. And so the prompts are, my intention is to, and then why me, why now, and who is waiting for my action? Okay, I hope the listeners now press pause and think about this for a second, because yeah. I think this is absolute gold that we can take away. You know, um, this is where I think the origin of the one degree shift lives. It, it starts with it, with reflection and understanding. I think the asking the question why now is really important. Um, and I suspect the following answer uh, to who am I responsible for could very much be yourself in many ways. Yourself. Yeah. Interesting. The idea of this podcast is that we do have very quick and digestible takeaways. I think what we've got is incredible. Now, the question I would have as we start to wrap up today is, yeah. is what do people need to know as they make this first step into a leadership role, a leadership mindset? You know, like what would be the question that somebody has to say, yes, that's me in order to be ready for the accelerator? Because look, there are a lot of people, perhaps myself included, that wouldn't be ready to step into something like this because we have maybe identified that, it, that if we were to say why now, it, it isn't now. 
but what do we need to do in order to take this first step in the leadership journey to get ready for something like this? Maybe we're feeling the imposter syndrome. Maybe we're feeling inexperienced. How do we get over? What's the first step in getting over this? I would uh, have everyone ask themselves a question. What is the cost of staying the same? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Tell me, unpack that a little bit and then, and then we can, we can happily wrap up. Um, tell me about why that question is important, what it's rooted in from your perspective. And maybe even if you can share, uh, and I don't want to get too personal if you don't want to, but share a time where perhaps you've asked yourself that question that prompted you to take action, because I think there's a lot of value in these personal experiences with questions like this. Yeah. So I am trying to think of where, so I typically walk through someone's current situation and their ideal future situation and, and what they think is stopping them from, from having that on their own. And so that's where that question comes from is, yeah, I mean, what is stopping you from having all of those things that you want on your own? And what is the cost of staying the same? And, and not Mm -hmm. the financial cost necessarily, but the cost to your life. I mean, what would life look like Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. one to three years from now if nothing changed? And is that Mm -hmm. something that you're comfortable with? You know, I can share a very quick vulnerable personal example. It was probably five years ago now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had been speaking in Canada for years and I had this negative relationship with this invisible line that was the Canadian and American border. I was intimidated by large companies. I was intimidated by uh, by America just in general. Mm -hmm. You know, what does a small town Canadian kid know about the United States, about large organizations, about leadership, and what can they possibly get from me? And then the question I asked, similar to what you said is what's the cost of standing still? And I realized then personally that I had to fail forward that it wasn't going to be right the first time or even the second or the third, but it would keep getting better because I would keep learning more. And so I think that one of the biggest fears that we have is that we won't get it right the first time. Um, And I think the relationship with that must change. It's that we have to realize that the road to success in whatever way, shape or form is going to be paved with the failures and the learnings along the way. There is no other way. The obstacle is the way there've been countless books written about this. Um, This is, this is, this is, this is an incredible conversation. Is is there anything else that you want to share with us? Yeah, I think just my own personal example as well. And, and definitely something vulnerable on my end. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a coach and since I was 18, Mm -hmm. And I started coaching youth girls at that age. And I knew it was something I wanted to do with my life, but I did let Mm -hmm. that imposter syndrome get in my way. And I was like, well, I need professional experience. Who's, who's going to exactly same thing. View me as a leader at 18 when I have yet to work in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do I regret that decision? Absolutely not. Do I recognize that I could have gotten into this sooner. Absolutely. I got my certification years ago and I still have been doing it for a while, but yeah, it's definitely something that I think about. And when I finally decided to make the jump into doing this full time and to quitting my job, I asked my exact same question. What, what, what does life look like one to three years from now and how am I going to feel? So yeah, I completely resonate with that for sure. Amazing. Well, Kelsey, this has been an incredible conversation. Where can people get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me. So my website is just my first and last name, kelseyboyer.ca, 
or they can follow me on Instagram, Kelsey Aaron, E-R-I-N, Boyer. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It was great.